Hi everyone and welcome to the Raw Show with Michael McDonnell and I have a very special guest, AJ Mirzad with us today. AJ, thank you for joining me on the show. Hey Michael, thanks for having me, so excited to be here. Me too. AJ is the author of the best-selling book, The Mind-Body Solution, Train Your Brain for Permanent Weight Loss. He studied exercise science and nutrition due to his passion for health and earned a master's degree in psychology due to his fascination with mindset for weight loss. His cutting-edge approach to permanent weight loss that insists that the key to healthy body is having a healthy mind. His clients are walking proof of that is true. There are hundreds of them. AJ was recently inducted into the Personal Trainer Hall of Fame. His writings also been featured on Entrepreneur Magazine, The Huffington Post, Men's Fitness, and Bodybuilding.com. AJ is a keynote speaker at high-end entrepreneurial and personal development events. He's also the host of the popular podcast, the Online Supercoach Podcast, which is available on iTunes. Along with his inspiring the lives of the general public, he's dedicated to helping coaches create an ethical and profitable online income through his business mentorship program available at onlinesupercoach.com. So AJ, that is quite a that is quite a bio there. You've clearly been up to a lot. So um I'd like to start with, with your background if that's okay. So would you be able to share with me and our listeners where you were born and and share with us what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I grew up in New York my entire life and uh I guess for my parents, you know, they did the best they could. They were immigrants, and they were trying to find their way in this country, didn't speak English that well, and acclimating to this way of life. And for me, that's one thing that I saw my parents working very, very hard with limited language. And I just remember as a young kid, my parents weren't around as much because they were working. So I had to really learn a lot of things myself, learning the language, learning how to do my homework. I remember... I would call homework hotlines so I could find tutors myself to teach me simple, basic ABCs and one, two, threes. And I feel like that experience of seeing my parents work so hard at menial jobs and at the same time myself having to find the answers through homework really shaped my destiny as I became an adult. And I was actually the oldest of four boys, so the oldest brother. So I feel like that made me very independent, but also I want to be a good role model for my younger brothers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it it definitely seemed like you you had this this idea of of hard work right from the the get-go. Yep, that's it. That's it. I, I realized that the great thing about America or any civilized country is the fact that if you work hard, and stay focused on your goals, you can achieve anything that your heart desires. Even myself, being the son of immigrants who didn't speak any English, who had like $10 in their pockets coming to this country, I realized that if I educated myself, I learned how to become successful, that I could start a business, I could go from being dirt poor to being a self-made millionaire. So once I understood this, I was like, I'm going to work my ass off becoming a millionaire because this country allows that. Whereas certain countries, you can work as hard as you want. Let's say it's a communist country or a country with very little opportunities or they don't focus on capitalism. 
no matter how hard you work, you're still going to be poor. So it's beautiful to live in a place where you have so much opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been spoken about, or at least it was when I first started, that where you are in, in the country definitely does, does play a part, never mind, you know, from, from being in, in different countries as well. So what, what happened next to you then? So, so what was it like for you in, the, in terms of education then? So, you know, what, what sort of things actually led up to this, this idea of you starting your own business? Absolutely. So I would say that I was going to school and I was going to college. And at first, um, I was, was really fascinated with, with learning business and making money. And um, I remember taking different business and marketing classes and they were like super boring. And I felt like, you know, this stuff is interesting, but you can't really use it towards a small business. You know, I was very clear, like, cause I would see different businesses marketing to me and some of the stuff they were teaching was like more for like a corporation that was a billion dollar industry. So it didn't make sense. So then I started to really focus on books that were like, kind of like small business marketing and direct response marketing and entrepreneurship. And that opened up a world of personal development and I saw very quickly, like, wow, um, I don't really have to study these courses in my university. In fact, if I read these books, I could get even better specialized knowledge towards growing my own business. I remember a lot of the books I was reading at the time, they were just saying, hey, you know, you got to jump off a cliff and build wings on the way down because that's what entrepreneurship is. Take a risk, start something, and once you start to develop it, you get better and better as a business owner. So I remember at the time I was working a corporate job and I was trying out different businesses. A lot of them didn't work so well, but the one that worked really well was actually personal training because I was doing some personal training part-time in the past, but I soon realized that, you know, I had this passion for fitness being that I was an overweight kid most of my life and I was able to lose 60 pounds, get into shape. And I, had this amazing skill of inspiring people to follow a diet and nutrition plan, workouts and cardio. So then I was saying, well, if I quit my job and I do personal training full time based on what I was charging per hour, I could actually make a living off of this. And that was around 2007 is when I launched my first full-time business. I quit my nine to five job. And from there, that's when my whole life changed. Right, well, so just <laughs> I just want to start by saying well done for, for losing the 60 pounds. I mean, it's, it must have taken, taken quite a lot in terms of you know, just being disciplined and inconsistent, which kind of brings us on to, it, it definitely brings us on to this idea of, of what it takes to actually achieve something. So you, you mentioned things like books, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into your into your recommendations later on but um how how important would you say the the mindset was so in in your bio it was it was about the the mindset helping people losing weight so so how would you say that played a part for you absolutely great point so in my first few years of personal training you know i was just 
fueled off a of passion. I was getting up at 5 a.m., working until 9 p.m., training clients back to back to back. I didn't really know much about marketing or really any different type of sales. I was just seeing people. They felt the passion in me. They knew my own personal story of losing the weight, so they wanted to hire me, and then they would refer their friends, and I was getting a lot of clients. And in this first few years of this business, I was exposed to tons of different clients, and it was interesting because I was using a similar nutrition plan, workout plan, cardio philosophy for all of them. I would notice that certain clients were diving in, following everything to a T, getting incredible results and just acclimated really well. They were having these super fast, powerful transformations. And then other clients, they were struggling for weeks and weeks and weeks, wouldn't lose a pound. They weren't showing up to the workouts, weren't doing their cardio. I gave them certain diets to follow on their own. They weren't doing this. I was like, what's, what's the big difference here? Why are some thriving and the other are barely surviving? And I noticed that what it came down to was actually their mindset. So when a person has a right mindset towards their fitness goals, they could accelerate their progress where you could give someone the best diet, best nutrition plan, best workout plan, no matter what, if their mindset is on the right place, they're not going to follow it. They're not going to get results. So at that point in time, I graduated from college with a degree in exercise science and nutrition. And I decided to go back from a master's degree in psychology. And what I learned very quickly was the science of psychology, the science of mindset, of why certain people succeed in life and other people fail. And I started to incorporate a lot of my studies in the field of psychology towards my business. And from there, I was getting really, really good results, even for those clients who were surviving with a horrible mindset. I gave them mindset strategies that allowed them to adhere to the fitness and nutrition plans much, much better. Ah, awesome. So, so would you say that having the, the experience as, as a trainee, you know, you mentioned that um, some people were doing really well. So essentially it wasn't, wasn't necessarily the, the program uh, as such. It wasn't the tool that they were using. It was, it was how they were using it. So would you say that your experience was what caused you to, to get your master's degree? Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, sometimes intuitively you're pushed towards reading a book, taking a course, hiring a coach. And for some reason, I was really pushed at that point in my life to understand the science of psychology. All right, nice. So, so how did that translate into the business side then? So obviously, yeah, you were training clients and, and you were doing the things with the, the PT side, but, you know, did, did, did you want to do more than that? So, so what was the, the tipping point for you in terms, because if, if things are going well, then then things are going well. You know, it's, it's, it's not like you, you ever get to a point where you, you really struggle at that point. So what was the tipping point for you when you decided, okay, I want, I want to do more now. I want to, to do something different. Yeah, yeah, great, great question. So I feel like, the more and more that I studied psychology, the more and more that I understood mindset, human behavior, um, how people think, you know, and um, when I started to apply 
the psychology principles in my marketing, all of a sudden I was getting a lot more clients. I was selling bigger packages. I was having longer retention, getting the better results. And then at the time I decided to bring on another personal trainer because I was having so many clients that were coming in based on the marketing that I understood that I could start to grow my business. And then I realized that like my business and pretty much every business in the world operates on three main factors. You have your marketing that attracts a client. You have a sales process that converts them into buying your services. And then you have the service component that is a fulfillment. So in my personal training business, I learned marketing to attract more and more clientele. Instead of selling sessions, I was selling longer term, bigger packages, three month, six month, 12 month packages that instead of charging, let's say $60 per hour, I was charging $600 for three months per se. And then on the back end with the service, instead of doing one-on-one -on -one training, I started to implement group training. So instead of training one person for $60 an hour, it would come out to four to six people. They were paying $40 an hour per se. So it was close to $300 for that hour. So this is all because of understanding psychology and understanding that, you know what, I could make a lot more per hour, help more people, and also deliver something of high value in a more leveraged fashion. So the more and more I understood this, the more my business grew, but also I realized that with personal training and myself being in the business, I was trading hours for dollars. No matter how leveraged I was, there's only so many hours in the day. So that's when I decided to really delve into online coaching. This was around 2010 when my business started to grow after three years, but I realized that if I continued on this path, I would be stuck. I could not grow any further. So that's when I really looked into the power of the internet, utilizing technology and really taking an online business to add as a supplement to what I was currently doing. And then over time, getting deeper into marketing, I quickly found out that if I focus more of my energy on the online business, it will make more money the in-person business because it's a lot more scalable. But at the same time, I would have a lot more freedom in my life to do as I please. So then as I started growing my online business, I, I started to um, dissolve my in-person business. And from there, it, it developed the current business that I'm in, which is called Online Super Coach. All right, awesome. So um, it seems, so you, you mentioned that, that when you started to use psychology in in your marketing things started to to take off so do you have any any words or phrases or any certain strategies within like it could be the way you word things it could be the way that you communicate or, or that sort of thing have you got any any strategies that, that maybe our listeners could take away with them that allow them to at least have a bit of a taste of, of using this idea of psychology in their marketing absolutely so I've studied so much marketing and so much psychology and um, I feel like everything boils down to this one sentence. If you understand the sentence, you can make as much money as your heart desires from your business, but also get your clients incredible results where they refer their friends and their family to you endlessly. And it is this one line, enter the conversations in your clients' minds, understand their fears, frustrations, dreams, and desires. 
And the better that you understand them, the more they will feel like you have the solution to their problem. So at the end of the day, there's 7.5 billion people on this planet and every single one of them wants to be understood. So in your marketing, if you could understand their problem and understand what their dream is, offer a solution that fixes that problem, they will more so hire you. I'll give you an example. Let's say if I'm working with overweight, busy moms. So a problem they have is struggling with their body, not having time to go to the gym, putting their family first and not themselves. So three problems I could discuss in my marketing is, do you not have time to make the exercise because you're so focused on your family and because you're so focused on your husband and your kids, you never take time for yourself. You have a hard time with finding the right foods or making the right choices because one part of you is cooking delicious food for the ones you love. You have to look out for yourself and develop healthy foods. And ever since you had those babies, I could totally understand how your body's not the same. It's not the way you used to. No matter how much you diet, no matter how, how much cardio you do, you'll never bounce back to how you look before you had a baby. Okay? So very quickly, I'm understanding this woman's problems, what she goes through on a daily basis and her biggest insecurities. And then I would create an offer that is irresistible that will solve all those problems. So let's say with the world of fitness, many times people are so generic, so broad. So they'll just talk about, do you have a problem with your weight loss? Do you have a problem with going to the gym? You know, it's, it's more towards everyone instead of being towards this specific busy mother's problems and offering a solution that's more specific is more general so when you're more general you try to help everyone you try to help everyone you help no one so when you understand your specific target client better than they understand themselves and offer a solution that's tailor-made for them then you will succeed beyond your wildest dreams one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the things that really struck a chord with me was when you said you have to enter the conversation in your client's mind. So I like the, the analogy that you use with, with the weight loss side of things because that was the area that, that you personally specialized in, which I think, I think does paint, paint a bit definitely a clearer picture in terms of you know, the, how you go about actually trying to talk to people and try to at least encourage them to, to work with you as opposed to somebody else. But how, how do you learn that? So how do you actually learn more about your clients in terms of, you know, cause a, a lot of the things that, a lot of the things that you, you mentioned, they tend to be things that people keep close to their chest. It isn't something that they might actually do explicitly to the point where you could, you know, actually pick up on those things and then craft your marketing around that. So how do you, how do you go about doing that level of, of research or, or finding out about your clients to the point where you can actually talk to them in, in that way? Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to get that research, but I'll talk about four really powerful ways that I use on a daily basis that if you start implementing them, you'll get so much clearer on what 
are the conversations in your clients' minds. Number one, I focus on talking on the phone as much as I can, whether that's on coaching calls or sales calls. The more time I spend with someone, the more open they get about their problems, their fears, their frustrations, and their dreams and their desires. So simply setting up coaching calls. If you don't have any clients, you can even go on your social media and say, hey, I'm offering 10 free coaching calls for busy dads who are having a hard time with their fitness. You're not going to be sold anything. I just want to jump on a call and talk to you about how it could help you and add value to you, okay? Win-win situation. You're just getting people on the phone and you're getting that knowledge and you're also finding out what they would invest in, what their bigger problems are. So number two is even going on social media, asking specific questions. When it comes to your fitness, as a busy mother, what are your biggest struggles? When you are on vacation, why is it so hard for you to stay on your diet? You're just asking questions and people leave comments on social media. In those comments, that's where the gold is. You're getting firsthand knowledge on what the problems and solutions are. Number three is surveys, okay? So I use a website called SurveyMonkey and you can create a free survey in five seconds. So pretty much you create like a five question survey and you post it on your social media, you post it on um, your website, your email list, you just send it out to people and make, maybe create an incentive for the survey. Hey, if you do this survey, I'll send you a free nutrition plan, free workout plan, free mindset plan, and you're getting so much data in that survey in an anonymous way. And the last is using the power of real life. You know, Even though we're such an information age, we have technology and the internet, is literally going up to people in a supermarket, in the gym, uh, just if you're waiting a lot in the post office and starting conversations, you know? So, hey, listen, we're waiting here online, and I know you're busy, but since I have you here, I would like to ask you a few questions. I'm a mindset coach, and I'm trying to help people find happiness and confidence. So I would like to ask you, um, what are some areas in your life that you're not so happy with, <laughs> you know? It's a very deep conversation, but you'll realize that if you have people in person, it's usually the most honest they'll be. Or even if you have friends and family over, just take a few minutes to ask them questions. Be curious about them. So conversations, surveys, questions. I mean, this is gold, free tactics you could use on a daily basis to get that data for yourself. Right, yeah, no, they, they, actually, sound, they actually sound quite, quite simple really, AJ, to be, to, to be honest. I mean, it sounds simple, but a lot of people do tend to, to look past the, the simple ones. You know, a lot, a lot of people do look for that, that pro tip that might not even exist, you know. So those, those four definitely, definitely something that, that I'm going to start using. But again, when you, when you mentioned that they are quite deep conversations, I would, I'd actually imagine that, uh, that, <laughs> I guess that people would be quite awkward to talk about those sort of things like uh, in, in a more face-to-face -face environment to, 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 to be, <laughs> it just seems a little funny, you know, you, like, you walk up to someone and go, hey, I'm a mindset coach and uh, I'd like to talk about your deepest, darkest fears, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it seems quite, it seems quite funny when you, when you think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, 
it's interesting. Like you would think that people don't want to talk about their problems, but most of the time people are so adamant about talking about their problems because many times they don't have someone who will even ask them, you know, they say they have problems or fears and throughout the week, their loved ones, their spouses, their friends never ask them these questions. So sometimes it's easier to unload all of your deepest, darkest fears to a stranger because most likely you'll never see them again. So it actually makes it easy. Second of all, a trick that I've learned is if you are vulnerable with people, people will be vulnerable with you. Meaning that if you share something that is very difficult to share with someone within the first five minutes, you'll quickly learn that they'll share something vulnerable with you. So that's something I use. Let's say if I'm, you know, I have a podcast and I want to get the, the, the member to really open up about something deep and dark about themselves. I'll reveal something deep and dark within the first five minutes and the rest of the interview will be super open and super vulnerable. Yeah, that's, that's something that, 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 um, that I heard as well. So it, it's used, it's used quite often in terms of, in terms of interviews, which is something that, that you mentioned then is, yeah, if, if you're open, then, then they're more likely to be, to be open as well. So how, how does all of the things that you've said there translate into you starting online? So you, you mentioned, you mentioned quite a lot in terms of learning about the, the marketing side and the, the sales side for the, the PT business, but then how does that translate into you then helping coaches? Because although it, it seems like quite quite a small step, it could also be a bit of a, a big transition. So could, could you talk us through what what that what that was like? Well, I mean, essentially coaches have the same problems that every business owner has, which is you have a service that creates a powerful transformation. And at the end of the day, you have to get people to become attracted to your marketing. You have to sell them a service and then you have to serve them in a way that they get results. So it's the same exact three-part formula, marketing, sales, and service. So as a coach, whether you're doing life coaching, whether you're doing dating coaching, sex coaching, you have to really understand your ideal client better than they understand themselves. And in your marketing, speak to their pain, solve their problems, and their sales offer a solution that's tailor-made for their needs and on the back end, create such a powerful transformation that they will get results, they will refer people to you, and also you'll retain your clients much longer than when they first started. So in helping coaches, it just goes down to that same science and that same ability to, to basically get people results and attract them into your business model. Okay, so so what about the the actual coaches that you help then? So, I mean, w w one of the things that, that I noticed, particularly along the the how I feel type direction, is that when I'm when I'm in a good place, when I'm confident, when I'm feeling good, that has a very it has a very different effect on the the standard that, that I'm or the the quality of what I'm actually able to do. In comparison to, let's say, if I had a bad day, and then I'm actually speaking at a, at a conference, say that that evening, that will have a very big impact on 
on my ability to speak, maybe the, the things that I talk about, how deep I go with things, how emotional I get when I'm on stage, just because of the way that, that I felt before that, so that, that then impacts what it's like during. So I've got, <clears throat> I've got a very, very keen awareness, I guess, on how, like, how I feel impacts the actual service or actions or you know whatever happens to be right I'm, I'm very aware that particularly from my own experience that, that how I feel does have a big impact on the actual results that I'm getting so when I first started speaking I was I was a nervous wreck to be to be perfectly honest I thought it didn't go down very well at all um, it was it was a networking thing so you were allowed to to stay afterwards and and chat and get to know people but I didn't to be honest as soon as I'd finished I I wanted to leave I just felt very very uncomfortable um, but then when when I actually sent people the, the video for that, so they, they gave you a, a YouTube link and I got the video and thought, well, I thought it went really badly, but I'm going to see what other people think. So I put the video out there and people were saying that they couldn't tell that I was nervous. Um, they, they thought it went really well. So it made me think that, well, maybe how, how I see things is different to how other people see things. So how, how do you how do you have that conversation with other coaches to encourage them to understand the, the power of mindset and the power of your, your thoughts and feelings, having that, having that level of impact? Because there are some coaches that understand it and there's some coaches that don't. So how, how do you have that conversation with them? Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. You know, essentially your state really creates a reality. So I'm a firm believer that if I operate at a higher state, let's say on a scale of one to 10, I'm like an eight, nine or 10. I'm passionate, energized, happy, focused, that everything will fall into place much easier. So I focus very much for myself and I tell my students to get into a peak state as much as possible. What are the thoughts, words and actions that allow you to operate at those higher states of mind so that when you're creating videos, when you're doing public speaking, when you're selling your services, when you're creating content online, how can you operate on those higher states? I feel that that is far more important than the actual content because you could have mediocre content but be in a very peak state and connect with people in a very deep way. Or you could have really high-level, complex content but be in a low state and not touch anyone. So it's extremely important to be in a very high state most of the time. So what what sort of so you you work with with coaches and you, you help them with their with their businesses. So how how do you actually talk to them about this idea of of their mindset playing a part? Then so are there certain are there certain people that maybe you've spoken to that might be resistant to the idea, or has everyone been quite happy to to go down that road with you? Yeah, I mean you know. For the most part, everyone understands it because if you ask anyone in this world, like, how would your life change if you were happier, energized, and focused, most people would say it would change in a dramatic way. It makes logical sense. You know, do you want high energy or low energy? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be sad? So the biggest thing that I tell them is, so this is something you can control. You know, it's not that you have to drink coffee 24-7 or you have to, you know, take an antidepressant to be happy, or you have to be 
in a good mood, it's like your thoughts generate your feelings. So when people understand this, they can pick new thoughts. So I am literally a positive thinking machine because the more positive I think, the better feelings I have and the more successful I am. The more energy I have, the more power to influence someone. So I really drill this in their heads. And I guess that, you know, because I live by example, people are able to adhere to it much better. Nothing I'm saying is to really trick them or to like push a, a, the wrong agenda on them. You know, I, I tell them straight up, you know, I, I came from a poor family and grew my business way past a million dollars. I live in my dream house, drive my dream car. My career is everything that my heart desired. I'm living my life's dream vision. So if you want to listen to my advice, it might work for you too. You know, this is how I live my life every single day. So once they, one, invest in the program, the more someone pays, the more they pay attention, they take it seriously. Number two, you know, I do a lot of seminars and I host retreats in my house. So people are in my presence. They notice the difference in me than in the average person. I'm very passionate, I'm very energized. So most people will find that very contagious. And number two, they'll ask me, how do you operate in this mindset? And I tell them very simply, follow these simple steps and you'll get there too. Hmm. So have, have you found anything that, because there's, there's quite a lot of, of potential strategies out there, but I'm, I'm curious to know what, what your day would, would look like in terms of the, the strategies or maybe even the, you know, have you got any routines or, or morning routines, evening routines or certain things that you have to do every single day that, that helps with that? So if, if someone was listening now going, okay, well, I get the idea of, of the mindset now. I understand how, how that works. I understand that if I am in a, in a better state, this can improve everything for me essentially so if someone's in that position but they want they want something that that can have the i guess the biggest impact or biggest return on their on their investment in terms of improving their mental state what what be your 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 go-to's yeah um Super simple. I, I literally woke up an hour before this interview so I could just walk you through everything I did in the past hour. Super simple, okay? So basically, the first thing I do when I wake up is I will do a little breathing meditation to make sure that I don't have any extra sleep in me. Um, I count to 100, breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth. It may seem like a lot, but it just takes two minutes. Breathe in. Breathe out. One, breathe in, breathe out. Obviously, I don't do it out loud. I do it in my mind's eye. But I just want to make sure that I'm fully awake and I don't have to sleep anymore. The good thing about having an online business is I work from home, so I never have to report anywhere. I've not used an alarm clock in many, many years. So I make sure I get adequate sleep and I make sure that I'm fully rested and focused before I start the day. The next thing I do is I write in my journal. So I have a journal right next to my bed and I've not missed it in 11 years. I write down everything that I do from morning to night. I write down the quotes, the conversation I have on this podcast. I got a lot of insights even talking to you. I'm going to write it inside there. And I always write down my biggest win for the day, whether I close the sale, I finished a book, I had a guest over my house and they blew my mind. I write it inside there. It's a big win for me. The next thing I do is I start to get ready, take a shower, shave, groom, 
And every time I do that, I put on something inspirational, whether it's an audio book, whether it's a podcast, and I'm putting in good, positive content into my mind. And once I have the positive content in my mind, I usually change my state very quickly. And then after that, I will, let's say, go to the gym. And as I drive to the gym, I like to start off with a, a top 10 gratitude list. So I'll say the top 10 things I'm grateful for to prime my mind to always look for things in my life that I can appreciate. When you appreciate the things in your life, your life starts to appreciate. You start to see miracles all around you. And then I'll create content. I use a uh, software called Copy Talk. And it's a mobile transcription service. I'll dial up a number. I'll talk into it. And as I talk into it, it'll take my words and turn it into text. So if I'm writing an email or Facebook post, I'm working on my next book. Um, all that content goes into Copy Talk. And from there, the talk turns into text. And I use it for my uh, purposes, you know, to, to, to create value for people. And then after the gym, I'll work out. I'll come home, have my first meal. I like to do intermittent fasting. I don't eat until 12 or 1 o'clock. And then I'll take my first nap. I take two 20-minute naps a day, typically at noon and then at 6 p.m. And that just re rejuvenates my mind, clears me out. Sometimes if I can't sleep, I'll just meditate. I'll sit there and I'll visualize. And, uh, yeah, get some work done throughout the day, create content, film videos, write, and essentially, that's uh, the framework of my daily habits. All right, cool. So one of the one of the things that that really sticks out, I guess, is there's there's always there's always something going on that's that's to do with your your senses. So like when 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 you're driving, you're you're thinking about gratitude, maybe you're listening to something like like you said in, in the shower, you're listening to podcasts and things. So there's quite a lot in terms of trying to think of what, what sense you can use that keeps you in, in that state. What what would your thoughts be on that? I'm sorry, I, I don't quite understand your question. Can you I could you clarify please? Yeah, yeah. There was, there was quite a lot that you said in terms of like while you were having the shower you would listen to a podcast and when, when you're driving you'd, you'd think about the, the things that you're grateful for. So it seems, it seems like you're doing something like at, every, at every point that, that keeps you in a, in a positive frame of mind. Is, 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 there, something, is, is there something there? Is there something that that sticks out to you in terms of like, you're, you're always trying to find ways of, of keeping yourself positive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, your body is the best indicator of what feels good. So I just do more of what makes me feel good. Simple as that. I feel that throughout the years, I'm testing out different audio books and different uh, methodologies of meditation and napping and exercise and content creation being around certain positive people, and I just always take note of it. You know, this, uh, this let's say, routine may not be the same routine I do 10 years from now. I'm always learning something new, adding and subtracting elements in, but if I look down into the, the simplicity of it, I just focus on what makes me feel good. All right, cool. So is, is, there, is there a certain amount of time that you give to something before you decide – whether to change it or not. So there's, there's this element of 
there's this element of, of repetition which allows things to, to stick, but then you've got this this element of, of changing and, and taking things out and, and putting things in. So do, do you give things a certain amount of time before you then decide to change it or do you not really bother with that and just change it as soon as it doesn't work? That's a great question. Um, I typically do things for about three weeks, two to three weeks. I test something out, see how I feel. I, you know, I journal all the time. So I'm always um, documenting it. So let's say with intermittent fasting, I did that many, many, many years ago. And uh, same thing. I was eating breakfast and I said, let me not eat breakfast. Let me fast. And I realized that I felt better, more energy and more focused. My life was simpler. So based on a three-week test, it worked incredibly well for my lifestyle. So I continued with it. All right, cool. No, that was good. Because there are a lot of people out there that, that might be they might be trying to keep something going, even though it might not be working, you know, like they might have this, this self-talk of, well, it might work eventually, you know, it'll, it, it'll stick, it'll, it'll work. But then, you know, from, from what you said then is you, you sort of test things for two or three weeks and, and see how things work. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to see because there are so many people that, that do try and stick through with things, even if they're not, they're not really doing the, you know, they're not really doing it for them so to speak so is, is is intermittent fasting something you've done for a while or is it uh is it quite a um an old practice that you've just found that works yeah no absolutely you know i i've been following a daily ritual for uh, a little over 10 years now 11 years you know ever since i started my journal it's like i've been very strict on doing specific key things in the morning that's why like um, no matter what I have planned, I have an hour in the morning for myself. You know, let's say if I'm traveling, let's say if I'm at a relative's house, I make sure that first hour in the morning is dedicated towards my daily routine, no matter what. All right, excellent. So is, is there anything that you do in the evenings? So you mentioned not having an, an alarm clock, which which stands in my mind as, okay, well, clearly you must, you must value sleep then. You must value this, this idea of switching off in, in, in the night. Is that, is that true? Do you have anything that, that, that you do to, to maximize your, your sleep? Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, in the evening, like I said, typically I have a nap at 6 uh, p.m. And um, I... Of course, limit my caffeine. I stop it at noon. Most of the time, if I have caffeine past that, I can't fall asleep that well. But, I mean, you know, there's all this, like, information about being an early riser. Get up at 5 a.m., wake up early, go to sleep early. I think that's nonsense. I think you could work whenever you're productive, you know, because I tried that early rising thing. I'm just not a morning person, you know. I, t today I woke up at 9am, 9am, you know, so for most people that's like suicide. If I wake up that late, I'm screwed. Yesterday I woke up at 10am, you know, um, I do my best work in the evening. I just find that I work, uh, yeah, I live alone. I work in my own business. I work whenever I want to work. I work when I'm most productive. So last night I was up to about 2.30 in the morning. I was having a conversation with my friend, you know, it was like, hey, that's the way it is. I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't get up at 5am. I mean, I have a very successful business. I'm a self-made millionaire. I do things as I please. If I don't wake up at 5 a.m., it's not the end of the world. 
So in the evenings, that's when I do a lot of work. I have conversations with friends. I go on dates. I have fun. And, you know, some nights it'll be sporadic. Let's say I'll invite a guest over to my house, and she'll be here till 4 o'clock in the morning. On a Tuesday, it's all good. I make my own schedule. I wake up at noon. Big deal. As long as I have an appointment in the morning, it doesn't affect me. So I guess, like, I'm very structured in the daytime, and at night I just like to have a lot of fun. <laughs> no, it's, it sounds it, – it, it does sound like you, you've got things – it just sounds like you've got things the way you want them, which is quite good. I mean, have, have things always been that way? So I guess the angle I'm, I'm coming from was when you were building the business, were things the same as what they are now? That is a great question. I would say that when I was first building my business, I was extremely structured. I think I was a bit too serious and I was very superstitious. So when you're structured, way too serious and superstitious, you have a very limited life, you know, on the same token, let's say I'm a single guy and I meet a girl and she's like, I'm free. It's Tuesday night. I would like to hang out with you. Can I come over and watch a movie? In the past, I would be like, no, no, no. My business is serious. Yeah, I'm going to have a bad day of productivity tomorrow. So we can't do that. And I'd be way too structured with no dates on the weekdays. And of course, I had the superstition that if I have fun, God forbid I have fun. That's going to affect my life and my business. And I feel like, yeah, maybe that was important for me to get to where I am. But I feel that at a certain point in your life and in your business, you create momentum. And momentum is a very powerful force where you can actually screw around and still enjoy your life. So what I mean by that is if you have momentum with your fitness, let's say for 10 years you're eating healthy, you're working out, you can have a cheesecake, you can have a cookie, you could miss the gym for a week and you'll still look good. You're not going to get fat so quickly because you have all those years of structure and discipline paying off for you. You have the muscle tone, you have the metabolism, right? So with my business, I guess being in it for 10 years, I celebrated my 10 year anniversary about a month ago. And I felt like I learned so much and I created so much and I've developed so much wealth and profits that literally the momentum that I have, I've created so much savings that if I did not work for the next 10 years. I have enough savings and profits to pay my mortgage, to live the same lifestyle. I could literally sit on a couch and smoke weed all day long and I was <laughs> kicked out of my house. You know, To me, that's freedom. That's the fact that I, I don't have to work for the next year if I didn't want to because I created so much wealth that I could just dip into if necessary. So because of that, the momentum allows me to have more fun you know, I do things like comedy shows. I'm recording a rap album. I go on spontaneous dates. You know, I like to travel and not just for business, for fun. So the point I'm saying is like when you create the momentum, yeah, maybe you need the structure and the discipline. And once you have the wealth coming in, then you need to start enjoying it. So I guess like for the past 10 years, I worked hard. I was serious. I was superstitious and very calculated in what I did. But now the next phase of my life is enjoying the money, giving away the money, and just having fun because now I spend towards my, my, my luxury, towards my recreation, where before I was spending towards my growth and marketing and business expenses. You know, like every other night I'll go on a date, I'll have fun, I'll stay up late, but I realize it's not affecting my income. In fact, I'm making more money than I ever did before by having more fun, which makes no sense. But I realized that 
if I'm a, a coach, if I'm a seminar leader, if I do videos, I'm infusing more comedy. I'm sharing what I'm telling you. Listen, I went on a date the other night. I was up to four o'clock in the morning. We had some drinks. We had some fun. It was, it was fun. It was crazy. Now I can share that experience and I can show you that I'm a human being. I'm not a robot that is structured 24 seven. I love to have fun, but I realize the more fun I have and the more lighthearted I am with my life, with my business, easier it gets. And when something is fun and easy, you can maintain it. If I stayed structured like I was when I started my business, I'll probably retire. I'll probably be burnt out. But I feel like the having fun and enjoying it, it allows me to have longevity. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So why not have fun along the way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So would you have any advice for someone that's, that's in the that's in the workaholic and superstitious position then. So obviously I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and say, well, would it have made a difference if you lived a life now that you lived when you were trying to build something? Because you, you said that you think that it probably would, you know, maybe you, you needed it. But what, what would you say to someone that, that might be working a little bit too hard because we all have limits right so what what would you say to someone that was that was working really hard and maybe maybe making a few too many sacrifices along the way yeah that's a great question so essentially i would say take breaks you know the same way i take naps every single day and uh you know, let's say uh, you know now throughout the week i'll have a day where i don't do anything or a night where I just screw around and have fun so before i was working seven days a week and sometimes on the weekends, I would stay in and I would suffer. I would force myself to work hard and hustle. And I realized I got so burnt out. It was so unnecessary. It's the same reason where if I'm following a strict nutrition plan, if I'm doing it seven days a week, I'm not allowing myself to have a beer or to have an ice cream. I'm suffering for no reason. It's not like I'm going to be a professional bodybuilder. Why am I doing this to myself? And with business as well, if you don't take one day to enjoy yourself, what is the use? You're going to get burnt out. You're going to be less creative. And I feel like for a long time, being so structured, I lacked a lot of creativity. I lacked a lot of fun and looseness. Even at my seminars, people would come up to me and be like, wow, you're so serious. You're so disciplined, but not in a good way. More like, you're stiff, man. Loosen up, you know? And I started to loosen up more, but at the same time, I'm following my intuition. So I think like that's been um, a big shift in my life as opposed to trying to control everything and trying to strategize 24-7, I put my hand on my heart and say, what does my intuition want to do right now? And I feel like if you listen to intuition, it will guide you towards taking breaks and having fun and really doing the things that you should be doing because, you know, God forbid you get diagnosed with a terminal illness and the doctor tells you, Michael, you have six months to live, okay? You're gonna live those six months very, very differently. And at the end of those six months, you're not going to be in your deathbed and look up as your last dying words and say, you know what? I wish I work harder. I wish I spent more time in the office. I wish I was more productive. You know, no one says that. They say, I wish I had more fun. I wish I did the things that I love. I wish I spent more time around the people that make me happy. So I guess like you could listen to your intuition and know that if you're being too serious or too superstitious, because most of the time, if you're in front of your computer and you're realizing that you're not that productive, if you are, let's say, trying to work on a project and your mind is not there, then it's time for a break. So maybe 
you, you don't want to take a risk and uh, you know go out till four o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. That's too much of a risk. But even to end the night early and watch a movie or take a nap throughout the day, or instead of working inside your office, go out into a park, work, take a walk. You know, so doing little things like that, following your heart and your intuition, it will always lead in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's something that, that that I definitely echo. I mean, I've I've had I've had days where I I actually feel like the walk benefits me more than than I realise. So sometimes I do go out for walks, and sometimes your best ideas happen when you go for a walk. And I guess I guess there are so many people out there that that might have. The, the level of freedom in their business whereby they can do that. Sometimes you can't, so you need to make certain allowances. You need to find out what works for you, definitely. So what what would you say was your was your thing that you're working towards? So you've got quite a lot that you've done, a lot that you've, you've got going for yourself now. So is there anything that you're working towards personally? Great question. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that intuitively, the phase that I'm in in my life is more about contribution and fun. And I've realized the more fun I have, the more money I make, the more freedom I have, and also the better I feel, the bigger impact I have on people. So I'm just exploring different ways to contribute and have more fun. And I'll give you an example for the upcoming year. Um, I've been doing a lot of free seminars at my house. So Right now, for the next few months, like every month, I have a free event where I get a bunch of really awesome people together. I invite them over to my house. Uh, you know, last time, I had about 24 women in my living room. I'm doing another one in a few weeks. I have about 30 women in my living room, and uh, I do seminars where I have about 120 uh, men and women coming into a room, and uh, these events allow me to teach, add value, inspire into action. I have so much fun because I'm cracking jokes, I'm dancing, I'm just being myself, like I'm with my friends, so the whole, the whole time it, it doesn't feel like work, and most importantly, I'm improving my skills of communication, so I have a lifelong goal to be the best communicator I could be, so the more time I speak, the more time I tell jokes, the more time I entertain, the better I get. Um, right after this interview, I'm going to go on Facebook Live, I'm going to teach some content, you know, so that allows me to like be more engaging, have more fun. So I feel like um, the two things I'm focused on is performing and publishing, performing at seminars, having live events, hosting different retreats, publishing live videos, publishing books, information products. And as long as I have fun in the process of performing and publishing, I'm contributing at my own personal highest level. That sounds, it sounds really good that you're obviously able to put yourself in that place and I know that there I know there's a lot of notes that that I'm making about other things that you've said things like um just, just little things really I mean this, this idea of testing things out for two or three weeks is something that, that I might start doing um this the um the copy talk thing that you mentioned yeah. in terms of turning your your speech into text I think would be quite useful particularly for someone that that does a lot of of multi of multi types of content or someone that might do video and they go oh that was quite a good video it'd be really great if I could turn it into a a post or a, a or maybe even just a, a blog article or something like that then you're able to do that so yeah I mean have you got any 
any other suggestions or or recommendations or resources that you you'd recommend to, to our listeners? Absolutely. <laughs> so three words, success leaves clues. And I'll keep it nice and simple. You want to basically be around successful people who have the lifestyle that you want, whether that's in their finances and their personality and their following and their family and their fitness and their finances. So get around these people as much as you can, even if it is following them on social media, if it's having conversations with them, you know, getting them on the phone, take them out to coffee. And I feel like one of the fastest ways for you to be successful is to be around successful people because it's one thing, it's the words that they tell you. The other thing is just their presence, their energy, you know? And I think that for me to live the lifestyle that I have and be where I am in life, I hung around a lot of successful people, whether it's I invested in their coaching or went to their seminars or even became their friends. And a lot of what I've learned is from them. You know, I didn't reinvent the wheel. I said, well, this guy's so high energy and he's so happy all the time. What is he doing with his daily habits? This person has a million dollar business and they're taking naps throughout the day. How can I learn how to do that myself? Wow, this person's so funny. I just love hearing them speak. What are they doing? Oh, they're doing stand-up comedy? Great, I'm going to do that too. So simple as that. Hey, if you want to connect with me and follow me and uh, have a chat sometime, go right ahead. I'm on Facebook. It's super easy. Facebook.com forward slash AJFIT, A-J-F-I-T. And uh, look what I do. Like my social media makes me millions of dollars a year. And feel free to model what I'm doing because it works. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, make sure you follow AJ. He's definitely up to some some amazing things. I know. I know we've been connected on on Facebook for for quite a while, and, and Instagram is also quite a, an interesting place to see what you're up to. I know I saw the the seminar that you ran in your in, in your house, which I think is quite a, an amazing thing that you're able to do. Because obviously, there are so many people out there that that might want to go down that road, but they're they are struggling for somewhere to go. And you've and you've built one in your house, which is quite a uh, it's quite an interesting, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just amazing when when I actually saw it because there are people that are like trying to get on events and and do their own thing, and then you've gone, okay, well, I do that. It'd be great if I had one in my house. So you, so you just went ahead and 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 did it, which is it's amazing. You no, know, to, to to see everything that you've done and and everything that you've accomplished, it's been. It's been an amazing thing to see, AJ. So, yeah, well done you. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. It's like, um, you know, um, you, you, you look around you for inspiration. And uh, the same thing, like, you know, I, I had a vision 10 years ago. Um, I don't know where I, I saw it, but I, I heard about people having seminars at their house. And they obviously have to have a very nice house to hold events in. So I literally, in my journal 10 years ago, I wrote on my perfect day, and I said, one of my biggest, biggest dreams is one to buy my dream house that is so beautiful, that has a lot of room and has open space, 10 bedrooms, and I could host events there. And number two, have one seminar there. I would love to have events where people could fly from different parts of the world. I could just teach them, transform their life, share with them. And at the same time, I don't have to go anywhere. They come to me. So 10 years ago, I had that vision in my notebook and now it's a reality. So it's really just showing people that you know, you want to set a clear intention on what you want, uh, be as detailed as possible, 
And then from there, start to do the work so it it becomes your reality. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it, it kind of baffled me when when I saw the uh, the picture of the house first time. I was like, oh, he's actually gone and got this this house with with enough room to do it. So yeah, no, it, it was amazing to see that you actually managed to achieve it. So there is there is one there is one last question, AJ, before we go. Um, it's a question that I've I've asked all my guests. Have all gone from funny answers to answers that have been quite enlightening, to say the least. So, the last question is: What do you want the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? I would like the world to know that it does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter about your background, your intelligence, your talent. None of that matters. It's about who you are in the present moment. So I want to be an example for people to take control of their lives and to do things that they never thought was possible. I myself was a shy, overweight, stuttering kid, the son of two immigrants who had $10 in their name, dirt poor, didn't know English. Now I was able to create a beautiful life for myself that I'm very, very grateful for, but it goes to be an example for other people. Now, everything that I teach, I live by example. If I'm telling you to be in a peak state, if I'm telling you to develop habits and take naps and to create your dream vision and to work hard towards understanding your client's problems, it is because these are the things that have helped me. So I just want to be an example for people to look at my life and be like, you know, here's a guy who didn't come from the best background. Genetically, he was not given the best gifts, but he made the most out of them. And I want to make the most out of my life because he showed me that it's possible. Yeah, definitely. Well, keep up the good work. Definitely. It's something that, that I've noticed for sure. I'm sure there's loads of people that are, would definitely agree with me and say that you are, in fact, living by example. So I'd like to, to thank you for being a guest on the show, AJ. Very appreciate you, you carving out the time. And I'm, I'm sure I'll speak to you again soon. Michael, this was awesome. I would say that this was uh, one of the best interviews that I've been on. And uh, you, you have a true gift because you brought up the best in me. And right now, let's say I was at an eight or nine. Now I'm at a 10 and I'm very excited. So thank you for that gift. Not a problem. Speak to you soon. Talk to you soon, Michael.